Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. And amen. You may be seated in the house. Thank you, Miss Christie and praise team, worship team for blessing us being prepared and anointed and prayed up and I think your whole team may have been saved today. I'm not sure. They, they, they acted like they may have been saved today. So, first fruits. I love it. First fruits. First fruits. There's you a big first fruits. Love it. Praise God. Well, before we, uh, before we get into our word, you can go ahead if you want to open your Bibles quickly to Acts chapter 5. But before we do, we, uh, we have the honor today of, of having one of our U.S. AG U.S. missionaries uh, in the house with her husband now. Many of y'all don't know Miss Angie. Um, some of you do because you've been on missions trips with, with, with our church to uh, Appalachia up in Tennessee and, and worked in the schools and impact Appalachia. This was a ministry that was given birth through Keith and Alicia Hall uh, who have transitioned out of that ministry and they've left this ministry to this young lady. And uh, I'll be honest with you, at first I wasn't sure about Angie. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just, I'm just wasn't real sure about it. Every time we we she would go and 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 eat meet up with us, and you know she would the ladies would go and work in the in the schools and libraries, and we men would sweat it out and we did all the dirty work, and they got the easy stuff to do. And but you know we'd come to lunch and we'd meet up, and Angie would show up and eat, and and I kept hearing I probably two or three trips that I went up there, I kept hearing about this man that she was dating by the name of Paul, and I swore up and down. He was a figment of her imagination. I really thought she was crazy. I said, I said, where is he at tonight, Angie? Well, he had a meeting or he had to do this. He had to do that. I said, Angie, you're pulling my leg. You do not have a boyfriend. Well, I stand corrected. Well, I'm correct. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Now he is her husband. And I would like to invite Miss Angie and her husband, Paul Lambert, up here this morning to share with us about what God is doing in, in, in Appalachia. And Miss Angie, I need to tell you right now, I owe you an apology, so you get to pick lunch today. Um, you you emailed me those pictures, and I failed to go back there and load them before church. So you're just going to have to scribe the pictures of men. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Take your liberty. Here, you need a microphone, don't you? There you go. Thank everyone for... Uh, already ahead of time, your support, your prayers. Some of you, ha I have familiar faces uh, that we worked in the library at the school. The um, And the work continues because every year we get grants for more books that need more labels. So guess what eyes that God gave me? I'm visually impaired, but he said, oh, well, so what? We're going to challenge you. And so we continue to do that. Um we are, we have a continue the chorus that we started. Um, we are continuing to work in the food distribution with Dr. Webb. And um, we have a, we have food pantry at the school now. Um, yes. And we, we have, um, I know I'm leaving 50 things out, but I wanted to share a special, about a special event we did this year was the tea party. 
for the girls at Mother's Day, around Mother's Day. And the girls were so excited. The chorus, of course, they were, I didn't fill them in on everything. I said, there's something we're going to sing at. Well, what is it? When is it happening? You know, type thing. And uh, so we, uh, I finally revealed it. And they were so excited because we sang an old Hannah Montana song called Butterfly Fly Away. And that was our theme. And so it just worked into the theme. And we talked about, we weren't able to talk about Jesus, but I gave him a word of encouragement. And um, and my friend, one of my friends that helped, she was at a, another local church in the area. And she's actually who we do Bible with on Wednesdays. And she said, you know what, Angie, you might not have mentioned Jesus, but it was evident everywhere. We had been given a thousand dollars in to do to do prizes, giveaways, food, crafts, um, and so God just met that need, and so I'm I'm really thankful about that, um, and and so we're just in the area, you know, raising uh, support, vacationing. Though you might have seen on my Facebook page that we are vacationing in your area, which we love. And so, but we're just thankful we get to go and also um, um, get support. And my father lives in the area, so we're just thankful we get to do that. And for, for ties like y'all, and Paul wants to share also part of our ministry is um, working with first responders, and he is a chaplain. He's going to share a little bit about that. Okay. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Paul, and I'm originally from Canada. And for... Some reason, some reason, I lost my way and found my way to East Tennessee. Found Jesus, didn't you? That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was actually saved through a missionary. Yeah, missionary saved me. Yes, and the same missionary saved my dad and saved my mom. So yeah, just wanted to share that with you. But anyways, <laughs> oh. But anyways, uh, my name is Paul, and I'm senior chaplain with the Sevier County Fire Rescue uh, in Sevierville, Tennessee. Uh, some of you know up Dollywood and all that. Uh, everybody makes fun of our fire department because we're we're known as Dolly Parton's fire department. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been senior chaplain with them for over 16 years now. And we do a great ministry. Uh, I, I didn't know the Lord had this plan, but uh, Angie and I to partner up together now. And uh, not only I work with the school system with Angie, but she's working with me. I told her, I said, I'll work with you if you work with me in, my, in the fire department as a team. Exactly. And uh, so we, uh, FEMA has given us um, a grant for all over America. They, give, they have given $10 million dollars to every fire department in the every state in the United States, and um, they purchase smoke alarms for people's homes, and we install them absolutely free. And that's where Angie and I come in uh, the picture. We uh, she she holds the drill and everything while I do the the task of going, you know, <laughs> installing them in the ceilings or wherever they need to be. And um, so they've given us a grant, and we. And we don't charge the people anything because the, the, the smoke alarms are already uh, paid for. And I believe the state of Florida has the same program as well. You, you may want to check into that. If you need smoke alarms, it's a commercial now. if you need smoke alarms, call your local fire department. <laughs> they do save lives. And actually, in our area, in our county alone, 
Six families have been saved by smoke alarms. They do save lives. So if you don't have a working smoke alarm, please get one. You better. <laughs> so, And uh, uh, being a senior chaplain, uh, you know, it's not being a firefighter, a first responder, police officer. It's not the safest occupation uh, in, in the world, but um, we are there. If they have a rough day, we're there to, to uh, minister to them. Um, sometimes the firefighters may have a bad call. Uh, like, for example, we had a, uh, a man pulling, pulled a six-year-old child out of, a, um, out of a, uh, a car that's been in a bad wreck. And he had a bad day because when he went home, he had his own six-year-old daughter that he went home to, and he felt guilty. He said, why do these people here have to go through a very tragic event while I go home and then there's a six-year-old, my, my own six-year-old child is standing here next to it's, it's It wasn't fair to him. So he was about to quit the fire service. He was about to just hang it up, give up, give up everything. And um, I was able to go speak to him. And uh, we, we spoke for over an hour. We had a cup of coffee together. And I was able to talk to him and, t and tell him that he did all he could for that family. And when, he, when him and I spoke, uh, spoke together for about 45 minutes to an hour, uh, he, he picked up his gear and put it back in service. And he was back, he was, he's back ready to go for the next call. So, um, we're, we're there to, off, to offer a listening ear. If, if we don't even say a word, a chaplain don't even have to sit, sit there and say a word. I'll, I'll, we're, we're there to provide a listening ear for, for the hurt. And not only we do for the first responders, but we also do it for the community as well, if they're if they're needing uh, needing help. So, uh, never knew that Angie and I would team up, but you know, there's there's uh, you know, our God is an awesome God, and He knows, He know, He knows what's what He has planned. We may not understand what the future holds for us, but God knows our future. Amen. And uh, I, pr I praise God for the the, the ministry that uh, that we that we have. And um, like I said, I'm I'm working with Angie as an interventionalist. I'm a tutor at the school, and uh, so Angie's just down the hall. So if I need a cup of coffee, brother, I just go on down there and say, "Hi, Angie, how's your day?" And I just make myself a cup of coffee and go right back to my class. She doesn't serve you coffee. Never mind. We'll talk later. We'll sometimes, talk later. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. God bless. Um, and I wanted to say, um, I want to share a scripture. And, you know, meeting the kids' needs, because this year we weren't able to go on field trips. And so something like the tea party, you know, that's something the girls can look forward to. And we had one girl that had never worn a dress. Mm. we had a grandmother say, I've always wanted to go to a tea party. And how do you connect and get to know the kids? And then you can tell them about Jesus. Yeah, You've got to, you know, go to their, whatever they're doing and their level, you know, where they're at and, and talk to them. And I also wanted to share scripture and not just about the fire department, you know, and us going into the homes, but we see needs. 
um, when we do smoke alarms. Yeah. We might see they need food, and he's he's got a story about that for us. You know, we got lots of stories, but but <laughs> but he's he's met needs with food. You know, and um, they've even we've gotten toys from a, a family that we were able to, able to bless because they had toys up in storage, and they said, "Can you use these toys?" So you never know where God can use you. Amen. Just like you were saying. Or the girl was saying, you know, that God is supposed to be with you everywhere you go. Absolutely. Um, so my scripture I would like to share is in Proverbs, and it is in chapter 19, verse 21, in the message which says, We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. Amen. Thank you. Praise Thank God. You. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Thank you, guys, so much. Thank you, guys. Um. Miss Angie was sharing with me in the foyer before service uh, that uh, there is a need that I want us to be a part of. They're trying to raise $1,000 to buy a portable PA system. Uh, they're in probably one of the poorest counties in the United States. It definitely is in the state of Tennessee. That's why we've invested over the years and been up there to help them. Their open door, as she shared, is through the school system. They love volunteers, and so they're able to go and volunteer, and that's what she does. And But then she's able to share the love of Christ in their food pantry, and of course now with Paul being added to that through these other, other avenues. Uh, but I want us to be a part of this. We've been investing in this ministry since its inception. We were the first team to go up there, not that we need bragging rights, but we did a VBS and a boys and school, a boys and girls uh, uh facility there the very first time and we've invested it we believe in it and so at the end of the service you know we don't take up offerings so we, that went away with COVID and when we stopped taking up offerings you guys started giving more money praise God so I said let's don't break it let's keep going but you know as well as I do at the end of the service if, if you want to give cash or you want to give check our, our, our hospitality team will be at the door you can put it in the bag uh, just make sure you mark it uh, Appalach, Tennessee a missionary sound system, something so that we know that it goes towards this ministry. Um, and if you want to give on tithely, do the same thing. You can give, just put missions, and then in the comments so that Miss Christie will know that it's going towards uh, this uh, particular ministry. Amen? Amen. Let's pray over this offer. I know we're not taking it up now, but let's just pray. Father, we thank You for men and women who answer the call. Uh, Lord, we all have callings, Lord, and not that we want to make one calling any greater than the other, but Lord, You... You, Lord, just to hear the story, how God, you, you birthed this, this mission within Angie's heart to go partner with Keith and Alicia, who are no longer in that area of ministering, God, but yet, Lord, you brought her on board with them to carry on the mission because it's important. And then, Lord, you have ordered Paul's steps to come along. And God, I just love this story, God. It's a great love story. It's a love story how much you love those children, those families there in Tennessee. And so, Lord, we pray blessings over them. Lord, we pray blessings over this offering we will take up here shortly, God. Lord, You know the need. God, this is nothing in Your kingdom. Money's not an issue for You. So, Lord, we just pray You bless it. You multiply, God, what we have to give, God, to meet this need, God, for Your glory. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Acts chapter... Five. Angie and Paul at the end of the service will be in the foyer. We'll be glad to greet you and tell you anything else you need to know. By the way, Paul, you do know how Canada originally got it. You know the history of Canada, how they came up with the name, right? They put all the alphabet into a hat and they go, C-A, N-A, D-A, and they came up with Canada. There you go. All right, so a missionary and a preacher. No, I'm kidding, 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 kidding. All right. Oh, my. 
Praise God. Um, this message series that I've been preaching, and I really want to encourage you today. Open your hearts. Open your ears today. This message series that I've entitled uh, Power for Today, we're in week 18. And we're just getting to the end of chapter 5. I entitled it Power for Today because I'm a firm believer that the book of Acts is not just a history book. Yes, it tells the history of how the church was born. It does tell the history of how the gospel spread throughout the modern world at the time. It definitely gives us the history of who was Paul and Barnabas and, and Silas. It definitely gives us history. But it's more than a history book. I firmly believe that it's a book that models, that lays out what the first century church looked like and how the 21st century church should look like today. Things have not changed. Now the world's expanded. There's more people. But with more people, evil has expanded. There's more evil today. You just look, look around you. If there's ever been a time where we needed a bright light in a dark world, it's today. If there's ever been a time that people need to hear about the love of Jesus, it's today. If there's ever been a time where people need to know there's an alternative to what the world is offering, there's an alternative to, to the counterfeit of what Satan's offering the world, it's today. Jesus is that answer. And so I need you. I want you. I am, I am convinced beyond being convinced that God wants to use me, He wants to use you, He wants to use this church to change the world around us. I am convinced beyond measure that God wants to fill every one of us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can go out and we can be witnesses. And yes, God would work signs and miracles and wonders through your words and your laying hands on people. I believe that today. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt today that that's what God wants to do. The challenge for God, if I can use that terminology, is convincing you of that. I just be honest. I've been I've been preaching my brains out. I've been trying to drill it in you the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, what God wants to do. And I hear a lot of amens, but I'm just being honest. This isn't being critical. I'm not browbeating you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm doing the old re re re. Let's kick him in the knee today, okay? The problem is, I still see way too much timidness in you. I still don't see people stepping out. And I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about out in the marketplace, in your homes, your places of business, in your neighborhood. I'm, I, I'm ready for you to start. I know God's ready for you to start stepping out in faith, praying and believing for miracles, signs and wonders in the lives of people around you. Not for the purpose of the signs, miracles, and wonders. Not for the purpose of blessing the person you're praying for. That's part of the benefit. But it's all for God's glory. All for God's glory. So today I want you to have an open heart. I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to receive for yourself today. This isn't for your wife. This isn't for your husband. It isn't for your Sunday school teachers. It's not for your parents. It's not for your children. It's not for your grandparents. This is for you today. You have to own this today. You have to own your role in the kingdom of God. 
You cannot be a leech. God wants producers in His kingdom. Everything about the kingdom of God is about production. This is the answer. This is the beginning. I want you to receive this today. What we're about to read in Acts chapter 5 of here two weeks ago, you'll know that what we're going to read today is a result of a prayer that was prayed back in Acts chapter 4. I don't want to take a long time to review it, you guys. I've been preaching this, like I said, 18 weeks. This part of the Scripture has been about 10 of those weeks. But if you remember, uh, Peter and John on the way to the temple at an hour of prayer, three in the afternoon, come across a man at the gate, beautiful. He's lame. He wants money. They said, I don't have any money. I know that feeling. They had children, apparently. I don't know. They had no money in their pocket. We know Peter was married. I don't know about John. So that's probably why Peter had no money in his pocket. So he said, I don't have any cash, but what I do have, I give to you. And the man was healed. And he followed him into the temple, praising God, worshiping God. And it drew such a large crowd of this miracle that took place, and it opened the opportunity for Peter to preach the gospel. It wasn't a long message. I know you wish I was Peter today, because he never had long messages, I know, but it was a short message. It was to the point message. It was about Jesus Christ, and that it's through Jesus Christ, not through them, that this man was healed. It says that thousands of people were saved right there in the temple courts, but guess what? The Sanhedrin, the ruling council, they didn't like it. So they come out and they arrest Peter and John. Throw them in jail. And come back and tell them, listen, we don't like what you're doing. Don't mention the name of Jesus. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. You better not do any more miracles in the name of Jesus. Because if you do, it's not going to be good for you. So what do these guys do? Will they let them go? What do they do? Well, we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. This scripture will be on the screen for you. On their release from where? Jail. Sanhedrin jail. Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. What? Don't preach. You're going to get a beating. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to kill you. All these threats. Verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices. What did they do? Raised their voice together in prayer to God. The cause, the need, the, the, the anxiety of the situation, the threat, this real threat of this situation, causes them to come together and pray. In verse 29, here's what they prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats, the leader's threats on us, and enable your servants, that would be us, to speak your word with great boldness. Not just boldness, but mega boldness, much boldness, overflowing boldness. Give us the boldness to face the threat in your name. Then they go on, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So they ask God to give them two things give us boldness and then give us the ability that signs and wonders, miracles would be performed through us as we reach out in our hands in the name of Jesus. What was God's answer to this? This is a bold prayer. I mean, that's a really bold... But notice, they didn't pray, God, protect us. Oh, God, keep them Sanhedrin away from them. God, send us outside of Jerusalem to preach the gospel. God, I don't want to go back in jail anymore. God. No, they didn't cover that. They didn't say that. What did they preach? Give us boldness to be able to stand up against this threat and then give us the power of Your Spirit that signs and wonders may be performed. And God's answer is in verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. God shows up, He shakes the building, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God 
boldly. They left there, Brother Jerome, empowered by the Holy Spirit. They knew something had happened to them again. May I say again? And they left there knowing that God had empowered them to go forth no matter what the threat may be. If you continue on, as we discovered two weeks ago, halfway through Acts chapter 5, we start seeing the signs, the wonders, the miracles multiply because of the, this boldness and this empowering. What's God's answer to the need for boldness? What's God's answer to the need for signs and wonders? Is the outpouring of His Holy Spirit. This is seen throughout the book of Acts. It's not just in Acts chapter 2. It's not just in Acts chapter 5. It's seen throughout the book of Acts as we continue on in this study on Sunday mornings. We'll see that. But I want that to resonate in your minds this morning. The book of Acts covers about 70 years of the church history. It's where we understand Ephesus and Corinth come from. All these churches that are giving birth and all these things that they're facing. All these miracles and things that are happening as Paul is going around planting churches. Even Peter getting involved with that mission. We see that. I want that to resonate for in your mind for just a moment. Probably over half of our church has no Pentecostal background. I'm not talking about evangelical. I'm not talking about charismatic. I'm, talk, I'm talking about full gospel, the fivefold ministry, the empowerment, the baptism, empowerment of the history. Over half our church has no background to you. This is probably foreign to you. I hope you're hungry. I hope you're wanting to learn because it's a part of this. But listen, this I need to make it very clear. Although this is part of our doctrine as the assemblies of God, I want you to understand that this is beyond our doctrine. This isn't just something that we made up. This isn't something that we just believe in. I need you to understand this is in the Word of God. This is part of the canon that we call holy today. This is what God gave us to empower us, to help us, so that we can live victorious lives today in the world that we're surrounded with. We have to understand that. There's only four books of the New Testament that come before the book of Acts. The rest of them come after it, including the revelation of John. Jesus Christ to John. We need to grasp that today. This isn't my doctrine. This is an AG doctrine. This is the book of Acts, and it's the Word of God. And what we need today, more than ever before, in your life, my life, the life of this church, and this community around us, as we celebrate Pride Month, as we see all that's going on in, the, in our political realm, and we see all the fight that's going on in the court for rights, and this, that, and other, we need people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that aren't afraid, in love, to stand up, speak the truth, because there's a world that's dying and going to hell around us. There's a world that's hurting that needs to know the truth today. We have to accept this. We have to accept this. I'm convinced. I am compelled. I am burdened with this. You will not be able to leave here today and stand before God and say, you never knew. It was never explained to you. You're getting a children's service today. We've already sang joy, joy, joy in a minute. I'm going to do an object lesson for you. You're not going to be able to walk out of here and not understand what this means. This empowering of God's Spirit in your life. We're talking about an infilling of the Holy Spirit. A work of the Spirit that is dynamic. Jesus says in Acts 1 that when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, you will be empowered to be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. He's talking about an empowerment. He's talking about dynamis or dunamis. That's the, that power. It's a dynamic power. It's a supernatural power. It's a miracle working power that He wants every one of His children to have. Not just me. 
Not just the deacon board. Not just the prayer team. Not just your Sunday school. Chuck, he wants you to have it. And he wants you operating in it without fear and trembling. The only fear you should have when you're operating in it is that God help me to do your will. That's the, that's the only thing you need to be concerned about. Lord, let me step out and speak what you want me to speak and do what you want me to do. Not the fear of the results. Not the fear of rejection. Not fear what the world is going to say. My goodness, if I have to live like John, if I have to live like Elijah, if I have to live like those guys out in the wilderness and wearing camel hair and eating, well, I won't eat locusts, but I'll eat my honey. That's fine if they want to reject me. But people, listen to me. Let them reject me because I'm telling them the truth and love. I'm not talking about going out there and, and, and turning right or, or you know, turn or burn or you're going to hell. I'm talking about going up there and letting your light shine for Christ. Speak love. Seek the truth to them. Help them understand that there is a hell to shine and there's a heaven to gain in this world. I want to do everything I can to make it to heaven and take as many people with me as I can. Oh, I can tell you right now, my rifles aren't going to heaven with me. My coin collection ain't going to heaven with me. Come on. My song Saltwater fish aren't going to heaven. My boat's not going to heaven with me. The only thing that's going to be in heaven that I have anything to do with are the people that I reach for the kingdom of God. We have to accept this today. We have to accept this today. That's what we need in this church. That's what I'm praying for every one of us in this church. I'm praying for those who do not believe it's for today. I know we have some in our church. You still keep coming because you like the presence. You like the feel. You like the energy. You might even like my preaching. I don't know. But you come, but you just don't believe it's for today. I'm praying that God takes the scales away from your eyes and helps you see the truth that it is for today. For those of you who are seeking, because I know there's some of you seeking, you want the authentic power of God in your life. I'm praying that you don't give up and that you receive it. But just as much, I'm praying for y'all that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit that you get a fresh refilling of the power of God in your life. No one likes a stale, old, crusty Christian. No one likes a lifeless, powerless Christian. God doesn't like it. He loves you, but He doesn't. I've learned a long time ago, my wife loves me, she doesn't always like me. I just think maybe that's the way God is. Not that my wife's God, but she's pretty close to it in my eyes. i got to buy her lunch anyways, guys. So. <laughs> I'm praying that God will show up in your life and give you a fresh outpouring of His Spirit. A regeneration, a revitalization of your spirit. So the, the old things in your life that have crept back or the new things that shouldn't be there are bubbled out and you're empowered again and you live that life that these young people who have never seen an authentic move of God or those who are seeking who have never seen an authentic move of God, oh, that they will see it. For those who don't believe it, that they will see it in your life and say, I cannot deny the power of God because what I see God doing in and through you we have to own this. Paul instructed the Christians in, in Ephesus to be filled with the Spirit in, in Ephesians 5.18. This literally means a being filled and refilled. It's a constant re refilling. This is, this is what we need in our lives today. We need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Be being kept filled. A constant, continual filling of the power. You keep saying, what do you mean by the power? I'm talking about the power of God. That supernatural 
energetic and filling of God that gives you the power to not be afraid of anything. The power to step out in faith. The power to believe that when you pray for somebody, your prayers are going to be answered by God. I'm talking about that kind of power. I'm talking about the power that when you see somebody that is, that is sick, that you pray and lay hands on them, expecting them to be sick then. Not a process of being healed. I'm talking about then. Leave the miracle and how God does it up to him. But you declare it right there. You don't ask God for their healing. You declare their healing. I'm what I'm talking about. Somebody who's lame. Somebody who's down in their back. I can tell you right now, we've got people in our church right now that are down in their backs. They're down in their hips. They're just down and out, a lot of them. And they need a friend, a spirit-filled friend to come alongside them, encourage them, lay hands on them, go to them. Go to them and lay hands on them and, de and declare and demand their healing. They need that. That's you. we got to own this. We need that constant refilling of the Holy Spirit. You need it. Now, i got my object lesson for you. Can I give you an object lesson this morning? You know, I'm a kid's pastor. I have been. I'm not. i got to quit saying that. I'm a pastor. But for 20-something years, I did kids' ministry. That joy, joy, I could sing all that. I could bounce, jump. I'm telling you, I've got all the parts and actions to that. I love it. It put me in the mood. It was a confirmation of water. Because I said, Lord, this is kind of silly. You probably have seen me do this before. But let me show you. I'm going to need a new drill. All right. So let me just come down here. We all know what this is. It's a power tool. It runs off power. It runs off a battery, does it? It, without it, this is kind of you. This is kind of you right here without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God's created you for a purpose, Kyle. Right? You're saved. I don't doubt it. You look nice and pretty. Well, mine's not pretty anymore. It's been used, right? But God doesn't want you to stay nice and pretty. He doesn't want you to stay clean. He, he wants you to use you. He wants you to have some wear and tear on you. The problem is, you've got to have power. God wants to do it. And God will do it. God will give you the power. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. You say, I thought when I got saved that I had the Holy Spirit. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. No doubt about it. But the Bible, you have to admit, in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, those disciples, now apostles, they're saved. Actually, they don't become apostles in Acts chapter 2. Well, Acts chapter 1 they are. He sends them. So, But they're saved, right? When Jesus, when Jesus rose from the grave and He met them behind closed doors because they were fearful, what He said, it says that Jesus breathed His Spirit upon them. They believed He had resurrected. Here's your theology class for today. They had, Jesus was now resurrected. Up until His resurrection, they were under the Old Covenant. Now there's a New Covenant. Right? For them to be saved, they have to receive His Spirit. They believe. They see Him. He's alive. He just walked through that wall. And oh, I believe. All except for Thomas. Thomas says, I don't believe unless I say. I don't think He was there at that time. And He says, I breathe upon you. Receive My Spirit. They're saved. But they're not empowered. They're still hiding. And he sends a way to wait. All right? So that's you. Created for a purpose. Nice and pretty. Ready. Oh, equipped. Problem is, you don't have any power. So he comes and says, I've created you for a purpose. Now I've saved you. But you see, what happens is we get saved and we stop. When did the baptism of the Holy Spirit become a, a we call it a second act of grace, but when did it have to be a delay? When did you have to get saved and wait a month? That's what my point is. I've seen people, I've seen drunks come in when I was a kid. Oh my goodness, drunk as a skunk. Spell, Spirit of God, move, come to the altar, get saved, sobered up instantly, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Never been baptized in water yet, but baptized in the power. And they left changed and sober. Okay? So that's what I'm talking about. God wants to do that in you. So what does He do? He says, I got you the Holy Spirit. You got everything you need, but you need this extra power. And man, He's just ready to go. Give me a screw. I'm... 
I'm ready. I won't do that to you. All right? I've done that. It hurts. I put it through my hand. Oh, not all the way, but it hurt one time. All right? That's it. The problem is, why does Paul say in Ephesians that we need to be keep being filled? Because as you use this, what happens? You go dead. Do you know that this battery, if it's not used, goes dead? That's why this battery is dead. Why? Because it leaks. It, it, it dissipates. Do you know, you say, I don't believe you. you don't, don't if you don't want to. But I'm just telling you, do you know that when you're not operating and using the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, that it dissipates. You, start, you stop losing that power of boldness. Are you with me, church? I know this is this is elementary, but I want you all to get it here this morning. I got people here who have never heard this before. They've heard the term, but they don't understand it. I'm saying you are a power drill. God wants to empower you, and when He does, when you use it, it goes dead. When you don't use it, it goes dead. What does that mean? That means there's you have to constantly be going back to the source, the Holy Spirit, and plugging back in and spending time with your Lord and Savior. Spending time on your knees and prayer and spending time soaking in the power, asking for the refilling. These men and women in Acts chapter 5, many of them were baptized in Acts chapter 2, but yet they prayed for boldness. Why? They had just been threatened to their lives. You say anything in the name of Jesus, we're going to kill you. At best, you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail. They, they needed it. They were threatened. They were worried. It caused anxiety. Oh, we got to go and pray. Don't run. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, give us boldness. We don't want to back down from the calling that You've placed on our lives. We know there's a world that needs to hear what we have seen. No, oh God, and while You're at it, will You allow us just to lay hands on people in signs and wonders? You said it, Jesus. You said we would do that. Will You do it? And God shook the house and filled them again with the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone asked if I was going to preach today. I hope I'm answering your question. I'm passionate about this. Give me 20 people empowered by the Holy Spirit over 150 people who are just okay with life as it is. Look, shoot the messenger if you want to, but it's the gospel. It's the gospel, it's there. This is what we need more than anything else. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church. We get this right. Let me tell you something. That's why I'm saying we, I don't just want the river. I just don't want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Hear me today, church. And if we get this right, guess what? Salvations take care of themselves. We get this right, our prayer list goes down to nothing. Miracles, signs, and wonders will take care of themselves if we get this right. The problem is we're praying for things that we don't have the power to do. Man, my dad's going to listen to this next week and he's going to call me and chastise me. He's going to tell me, man, son, you're being awfully hard on your people. <laughs> I'm not trying to be hard. We have to get this right. For those of you that have concluded it's not for you. I believe it's real. It's just not for me. Let me ask you an important question. Why do you believe that today? Are you saying that you're exempt from fulfilling the Great Commission? 
Jesus said His disciples, His followers, would go into all the world and preach the Gospel. Make disciples. Those who hear and believe would be saved. Those who didn't, they wouldn't be saved. And guess what? You'll lay hands on people and you'll see people healed. You'll, you'll drink poisonous stuff. By the way, I told someone this week, that doesn't mean go out and look for poisonous stuff to drink. That's not what I'm talking about. Or pick up snakes. You, remember, Paul did that, but he wasn't looking for a snake. That's not what we're about. It's just saying that you're going to have the power to overcome what this world throws you, that what the enemy's going to try to do to destroy you. Because let me tell you something. If you're walking around in the power of the Holy Spirit and God's using you to heal people and people are coming, becoming saved because of your ministry, who do you think isn't liking that outside of religious people? Satan. So often we give Satan credit for things that we're going through when reality is a lot of us, Satan doesn't have to come against because we're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. Welcome home, Chuck. <laughs> this ain't towards you. I'm just saying, welcome home. You probably haven't seen this side of me in a while. We need this. The Great Commission was given to all of us. Jesus said that, but before He sent the disciples out, He says, go and wait. Why? Why, Brother Jerry, why? What's so important for them to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Come on, people. Come on. Think about it. Why wait? They needed the power, but why did they need the power? Think about it. Why do they need the power? I can tell you one reason why. Because the task that they were about to undertake was too hard for them to do in their own power. Why do you think they're praying for it here? They experienced it in Acts 2, and they say, we need another dose of the Holy Ghost. It's too hard. It was too big for them to do on their own. It started out with 11, 12 with Matthias, 120 in the upper room. Compared to, I don't know how many millions of people were on the earth at that time. I don't know those stats. I guess I can probably look it up online with the U.S. population thing, whatever. But the point being is, is that's, that's a big task. How do, we, how do we go from here to Spain? I mean, because that's where Paul was headed. The edge of the known world at the time. It, it was too hard. It was too big. But reality of it is, think about this. It was too important for them to fail. Jesus says, I'm going to give birth to it. I'm leaving. But I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to give you the comforter, the empower. I'm going to give you the gift that the Father has said He's going to send to you. He's there to empower, to use you. And now you go into all the world. All the world. And preach the Gospel. If they failed, the world was doomed. They'd still be under the Old Covenant. We'd be under the Old Covenant right now. But God would not see a failure in them. He gave them what they needed to be able to accomplish all that needed to be accomplished. Even today, the power of the Holy Spirit in those apostles back then has it, impacted us today. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Think, these men had lived with Jesus three years 
Had Jesus speak into their lives for three years? Had Jesus perform miracles before them for three years? And yet they still needed the power of the Holy Spirit. If anybody could have done it without the power, surely they could have done it. But no, Jesus says, I know you boys. Think about this. What were the disciples like before the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, all you have to do is go back and look at the garden. Surely, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is telling them that He's about to die. He's gonna, and, and what does Peter say? Oh, I, I'll never deny you. I'll never leave you. I'll die with you, Jesus. And all the apostles, the disciples say, we're with Him. Yeah, we'll do that. And suddenly the guards show up in the garden. And what happens? Whew, it's like roaches when you turn the light on. Whew. It's like, oh, and then they're gone. Before the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus knew. God knew. Then you find Peter who says, I, uh, I, I need to find out what they're doing with Jesus. So he follows from afar and denies, just like Jesus said, three times denied Jesus around the campfire there at that mock trial that Jesus was going through. And the third time it said that Jesus and him on the third, as a rooster crowed, they caught eyes and Peter left there weeping bitterly. Because why? He let Jesus down. He didn't have what he needed. But it was coming. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need this today. Acts chapter 5, verse 16. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Verse 17. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of that party of the Sadducees, this is the ruling class, same guys that put Jesus to death with the help of the Romans. Right? They're, they're the ones that warned Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. What were they? They were filled with jealousy. That's just like religious folks. They don't want you to have revival. They don't want the church to have revival. They don't want any excitement. They don't want any energy. They just want it the way it's always been. They don't like it. Religious people. Verse 18, they arrest the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, He told them. And tell the people all about this new life. This new life. What new life? Not just being saved. It's estimated this is approximately a year to five years after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. That's, that's what theologians estimate this time frame. It's not just a few months. It's within. A, they lean more towards five years. This new life they've been living. This continually refilling. This power that God is doing in and through. And He says, no, go tell them about this new life. May I say this? When you're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, you should be living a new life. That's not my notes. I just got to stop there and hesitate. Don't claim something and then keep living your life the way you've always lived it. That's not a new life. It's a life that's holy. It's a life that you are being transformed into the image of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. You should start be producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life and you should be producing other Christians as you evangelize for the kingdom of God. It is a new life. The old man is gone. The new man has come. Old habits are gone. You create new godly habits. Habits like devotional to praying, praying with your family, checking on people, loving on people in the name of the Lord. We're talking about new habits. Stop speaking negativity into people's life. Stop gossiping about people. All that stuff should go away. You should be a new creature. That didn't cost extra. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Fearlessly, they talked about Jesus to anyone, anywhere. 
You need the infilling of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Verse 21. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly, that's a 70 plus one, 71 member, full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. Don't you know they were surprised? But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported, hey, we don't know where these guys went. We put them there. We know we put them there. We checked the log. We don't see where anyone checked them out. And the guards, the guards that were guarding are, are still there, right? They, they realized, hey, and so they reported back. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss. Here's a sign and wonder. You know what a sign and wonder does? It makes you go, hmm. Right? That's what they were doing. Hey, they were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. The only way they could do that was the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because they knew as soon as they did that, they would be heard, they'd be seen by the Sanhedrin, the temple guards, and they would be arrested again and probably put to death. So let's listen. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. So just what they figured would happen, happened. They did not use force because they were feared. They feared that the people would stone them. Talking about the guards. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we should know this because this is the second time Peter said this, but we must obey God rather than human beings. Human authority. This is supernatural boldness. Boldness to do what they should do in the face of fear and, and, and persecution. Boldness not to back down. Boldness to tell people about Jesus. Boldness to stand up to the authorities, the religious leaders, and preach the gospel. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging Him on the cross. That, that's the old glove. Slap, slap, slap right there. That's where you pull out your sword. Touche, right? God exalted Him to His own right hand as Prince and Savior that He might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey me. Supernatural boldness. Supernatural boldness. That's what we need. We need a supernatural boldness. An empowerment that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A, a boldness to stand up in the face of persecution. To stand up in the face of rejection. A boldness to speak the truth as the Spirit enables you to speak that truth. This is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Yes, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, yes, you will get a prayer language. Yes, that is part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand, Jesus didn't say when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will speak in tongues. The tongue is for you to know that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and for you to use as a prayer language as you develop that prayer language. When you don't know how to pray, Paul's very... If it wasn't for today, we wouldn't have the rest. Of, you'd have to take the epistles, basically Paul's epistles, out of the book if it wasn't for today. So much of that is to help us understand how we are to use the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But he didn't say you, you he said you'd be bold. Pastor, I got a prayer language. Thank God. But when's the last time you led someone to the Lord? 
When's the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone and laid hands on somebody and prayed for them? Well, last time I did it, Pastor, they didn't get healed. That's not on you. We're not talking about manipulating God. We're not talking about controlling God. He's sovereign. But we do step out in faith and we pray believing for these things. Are you against tongues? No! Heavens, no! I just told you I believe in it. I pray in tongues. I worship in tongues. As Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues as much as I speak in tongues. But we so emphasize the tongues that we forgot that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is that to empower you to be a witness for the kingdom of God in the face of threat and persecution. Step out in faith. Get out on that limb and start cutting it off at the trunk. Is this resonating? Is it, is it making sense to you? We, we live in fear. God's people shouldn't live in fear. We're afraid of everything. Oh, there's a shadow. Everything. We're afraid of the devil. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of all this. We should not live in fear. God has a power He wants to give you to help make you a bold witness for Him in the face of persecution and rejection. Why are you afraid to share the Gospel with somebody? I'm afraid that they won't be my friend anymore. So you love them so much you let them go to hell? Take your shoes off a little bit more and put your toes out there. Because I'm just being honest. I have to be obedient to what God's laid on my heart for you. For this church. I can't speak about the Methodist church or the Baptist church or even the big First Assembly of God on East Avenue. I can't speak about it. I, I don't know. I just know what God's laid on my heart for today, for this church, for such an hour as this. I think God's ready to start using some people in this church, lay hands on people and see people heal, see miracles happen. Financial miracles. I dare not say have hands raised. How many need a financial miracle in here today? Because I know hands would go up all over the place because we have a tendency to live in debt. That's the message for another time. Stay out of debt. We expect God to get us out of a mess we get ourselves into because we don't live biblical lives. All right, I'm backing up, going back over here to my notes. Same way getting pulled over for speeding. Don't ask God to get you out of the ticket. You're the one who broke the speed limit. Pray for mercy. Don't take me to jail. This is my fifth ticket in five weeks. So, okay, pray for mercy, but you're going to... All right, I, I digress. The boldness. The words the apostles would say was from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus even said that. I'm about to close down. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. i got a whole lot more, but the hour's late and I want to have this time to actually seek, pray what, we're, what I'm preaching today. The boldness, the words the apostles would say was from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus even said this would happen. Luke 12, verse 11. When you are brought before the synagogue, He's telling His disciples, rulers and authorities, do not worry about what you will, what you will defend yourself or what you will say. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't worry about defending yourself when you come before these people. Why? For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So here they are. The Spirit of God is witnessing through them to the leaders, just as Jesus said, verse 33 of Acts 5, when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. Thank God for a man that was part of the Sanhedrin called Gamaliel because he interceded for them and said, hey guys, let's don't kill them. 
If this is of God, then it's of God. If it's not, just like other uprisings, this will just it'll fizz away. Just, just God used that man that day. I believe that. I don't know how much he knew he was used of God that day, and they let him go. But they didn't let him go. Listen, they they, they didn't let him go without giving him a good whooping first. All the apostles. This isn't Peter and John. All the apostles were imprisoned. They were all whipped. And they gave him the 40 lashes minus one. 39 lashes. This wasn't like the Roman cat of nine tails with the bones and the metals and the, and the pottery that would rip the flesh. This is just, just a four-foot whip, history tells us, with two leather straps. But they got 39 lashes. A third of those lashes were on the front of their bodies. And the two-thirds were to their backs. And where it may not have ripped the skin off their bodies like the cat of nine tails would do that happened to Jesus. I guarantee you, they were whooped pretty good. It wasn't like they took... It ain't like some of y'all do with your kids. You barely whip them. No, you need to whip them. It was harsh. It was punishment. What would they do? Let me ask you something. If that had been you, And you left that whipping as they released you. You was in pain. You swelled. You may have been bleeding. What would you do? I think some of us probably say, maybe we need to go outside Jerusalem now and preach. No, let's don't come back to Jerusalem. Let's definitely don't come back to the temple anymore. Or maybe say, I'm never going to do that again. Boy, once is, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that once is enough for me. Wouldn't we? I mean, think about it. How do, how do we handle rejection? I mean, we've not been beaten, whipped. We just get rejected. How do we handle it when we try to tell someone about Jesus? Oh, I'm not going to do that again. That hurt my feelings. They, oh, gosh. They cussed me. Oh, they cussed me. By the way, let me say this. The religious leaders got mad. Why did they get mad? They knew the truth. They knew the truth. A lot of times people reject you because they know what you're saying isn't true. They don't want to hear it. They don't. What did these disciples, what did these men, these apostles do? Verse 42. Maybe I went too far. Verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. They weren't belly aching. They weren't moaning. They weren't complaining to God. They weren't saying, woe is me. That's it for me. I know where I'm going. I'm going to go to Samaria. I'm getting out of here. Matter of fact, no. Let's go to Spain. Farthest place we can get away from these religious nuts. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to go out and tell people about Jesus. No. They left that council rejoicing. And then interesting today, we sing a lot about joy. Rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. I don't think I can make it any clearer today or preach any, any harder, any clearer than what I have today. I don't. We have to own this. If you think your life is about going out and making a living so you can get to the age of retirement, the closer I get to retirement, the more I realize there probably isn't going to be retirement because my body's breaking down. So while you're still young and healthy and able to, get out and tell people about Jesus. See, because a lot of y'all are like this. 
You go in heaven, I ain't questioning your salvation. You're like this. Some of you are like this. But this is what God wants. Endless power to go and perform the function that He's designed you for. To lead people to the foot of the cross just like you were led by sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. If you don't have that, God help you. Does it make sense, church? I want a church full of... Because once we get like this, we make it all about us. We make it about our comfort. We make it about the things that we want and not the things that need to happen in a church. When we get this, missions is not an issue. Outreach is not an issue. Reaching souls is not an issue. Once we get this, it's all about me. What have you done for me lately, Pastor? You ain't called and checked on me. You didn't come to visit me. I was in need and nobody reached out. Didn't know you was in need. If I had, trust me, I'm full of this. I'd have done what I could to help you. I've been praying for you. We make it about, you You hear my heart. I, I need to, I need to, I know now I'm, I'm feeling compelled, if I can say that, to just shut down. So, what are you doing, Pastor? I'm opening these altars. This is not a time, and I'm going, I'm going to be very, hear me. We'll have a time for pray for you for your needs at the end if you if if you if you've got needs we will because the Bible is explicit call but this time is a time for filling and infilling with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to be ashamed about. I guarantee you, if I didn't come on my knees every Sunday morning before I get in this pulpit, I would not have the anointing on me. I have to be filled again. So that's not a shameful thing to say. Before I go to a hospital to pray for somebody. I'm praying, God, give me the power. The power to when I lay my hands and pray for this person that they're healed in the name of Jesus. This is about fulfilling your purpose as God has called you for whatever that is. We need spirit-filled educators. We need spirit-filled business owners. We need spirit-filled clerical people, doctors, nurses, whatever. We, we need them. Wherever God, wherever God takes you, what, however God meets your physical needs in this physical realm, it's about that's your mission field. Don't get caught up in making a living. It's your mission field. So this is the altar. Thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.